Welcome back, Fight Fans. Combat Talk Radio. Found at CombatTalkRadio.net. My name is Leicester. I'm your host. It is snowing like an MF or like a mother father out there. It's all white, and I don't say that to be racist. I'm literally saying it's all white outside, as in the snow came down hard. It got. It was pretty intense, and apparently there's going to be a little bit more happening over the next day or so, and then it's going to taper off, and then we'll be back to normal, which is regular weather with the sun shining outside so we'll see how that goes meanwhile we have a couple fights we're going to talk about here and then i got a couple of updates i want to follow up on from prior out in center videotron quebec city canada 12 rounds at light heavyweight action arthur better fighting callum smith there was some smoke around this event i want to talk about the fight real quick and then i'll get to the smoke this is for this is to unify so we got the ibf world lightweight wbc world light heavyweight not lightweight light heavyweight sorry wbo World Light Heavyweight titles on the line with these two. Callum Smith, he only has the one loss. That's to Canelo, the greatest to ever do it. So Callum Smith's a solid fighter. I'm not going to dismiss him, but Betterbiev is on another level. He's tough. He's old, but he's tough, and he seems like he's not been able to be stopped or even blocked by anybody. 100% knockout ratio, 19 fights, has never been close to getting beaten. He's had a couple where he looked not so good, but he's never been close to getting beaten. And Callum Smith, I think, is going to be one that can test Bitterbiev, depending on how long the fight lasts. Now, I'm going to lean towards Bitterbiev only because I think really highly of him as a fighter, but I'm not dismissing Callum Smith's ability to give Bitterbiev some problems. That's what I'm saying there. The smoke leading up to this fight is apparently, and I didn't see the deets on this, but apparently there were some, quote, elevated levels of HGH found on Betterbiev after a routine drug screen. They followed up, did additional drug screen, did VADA, and found no results. And so the fight's clear to continue. They're not going to stop the fight. But this reminds me of what happened with John Bones Jones, where he was allegedly, you know, the picograms being detected, and they were alleged that he was doing drugs. That happened twice. And then there were three other fighters that got popped, and then they got cleared because it was picogram. And people suspected there was they were finding new ways to evade the drug testing. I can't say that's what happened with Betterbiev. I'm saying with these elevated levels, Eddie Hearn came out and he was making all sorts of noise about what Betterbiev might have been doing. People online, especially NSB and other places, talked about this is why he's been able to knocking people out all left to right because the guy's been juicing all his career. I can't say for sure. I am calling it out because if it's true that he was clean, tested after the fact on the regular samples, we got to give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. But we also have to ask the question of what happened with the elevated levels. Some people said that certain regular activities, you know, like melatonin and others can cause elevated levels and there may be nothing to it. And that is certainly true. We just don't know exactly what's happening here. We'll keep an eye on it, see what happens there. But again, I'm leaning towards Bithabir for this fight. Callum Smith, I think, will have a good performance for as long as it lasts. That's my call. On the undercard of this event, 10 rounds at super middleweight action. Christian Mobili makes his return against Rohan Murdoch and Christian Mobili, of course, I'm a big fan of his. I think he's a solid kid in his own right. I'd never heard of Murdoch prior to this. Checked it out. Wasn't really impressed with him. He seems like a decent, good fighter. I just was not impressed compared to what I've seen out there in the echelon. And I suspect that Mobili is going to have an easy work on this guy. Now, could be that he pulls something out and gets the upset because it would be a significant upset. I don't see that happening. I think Mobili is going to pull it out with veritable ease is my call for that one. Then we got 12 rounds at bantamweight action. Jason Maloney fights Saul Sanchez. Big fan of both guys, actually. I'm a big fan of Maloney for sure. I think really good. He's a really good dude, really is. He has two losses, but he's been on a win streak. But he's solid otherwise. Quality, skilled, rounds in the books. 
And then Sanchez. I watched some fights of Sanchez, and Sanchez is he's as pure as it gets. He's been he's lost before, but he's been on a tear. Tear. Got three knockouts of dominant decision. He's been on a tear recently. He recovered very nicely. He's on the rebuild. Both guys are on the rebuild after losses. Now, of course, you know, Maloney, he got stopped the one time. So, you know, I gotta look that I gotta play that in and see how that works into the fight. Other than that, it's matched really well. I think it's a really good style matchup, style clash as it is. I'm going to give the experience edge to Maloney for sure. I'm going to give the the unpredictability to Sanchez. This is going to be a good fight. If you watch no other fight, I think these guys are going to show you something here. It's hard to pick this one. I'm going to lean towards Maloney for one reason, and that is experience. I think the experience edge is going to play out. Although Maloney's older than Sanchez, Sanchez does he does have an energy and speed, I would say, edge, but I think Maloney has experience and skill, and that's going to save him from what's happening. Most online agree with what I'm saying. I'm not dismissing at all, you know, Sanchez. But the thing is, here's the here's the interesting part. Do I think in this fight, do I think that there's going to be some kind of a knockout? Yes. I think that you're going to see, you know, with guys that they're not they don't go for knockouts. They just, if it's there, they take it. But I think in this case, you got two guys that's got something to prove. And I think there's going to be a shocking stoppage off this one. I say shocking in the sense that it's going to come out of nowhere. We're, we're not going to see the round coming. It, it Like it's going to be a chess match until it happens. That's what I suspect will happen on that one. 10 rounds at super lightweight action. We're now at Plant City in the U.S. White Sands Event Center for this one. I don't see this one's... Um, on the same televised. So this one's on pro box TV. So that's a little bit different. The other one's on ESPN plus, uh, yeah, ESPN plus, and then ESPN sky sports pay-per-view for the other ones. This one's on pro box TV. So it's a different television pro box is online only. If you want to check that out, but I think this one's worth watching Luis Feliciano versus McQuan Williams. And the reason I say this one's worth watching, both guys are undefeated. Both guys are pretty young. They're, you know, they're not, I'm not going to say they're up and coming. That's not fair. They're just pretty young. It's matched really, really well. Roughly the same experience, roughly the same uh, reach, as I recall, uh, number of fights. Not Again, both undefeated. Williams has two, a uh, draw, um, and his most recent was a draw. So he's had a difficult time closing the show. And if I had any feedback for him, if he ever listens, it is, he seems to have a, ch- it's challenging for him to close the show every time. Sometimes he doesn't, it's like Oshaki Foster, but it's just Oshaki. He does just enough to get it. But I think Williams, he is the same where he needs to do a little bit more to close the show. And I'm going to tell you, he's going to have a hard time doing that against Feliciano because Feliciano is a very skilled fighter. But I'm going to lean towards Williams in this fight only because when he does close the show, I think Williams is solid, rock solid. His only beef, the only beef I got with him is he seems to struggle to close the show. If he can close the show, he can take out Feliciano by decision. I don't see a knockout here. Feliciano is going to get the W if Williams falters, as he tends to do. And I don't want to see that from him because I think he's a good dude. I think they're both good dudes, but I think Williams in particular is a good dude. And I don't want to see that from him because I think he has a bright career ahead of him. And of the two, if I were going to pick on you know, the one that I think is going to go on to do great things, I think it's going to be Feliciano, but Williams also has the opportunity to shake that up and say, I'm, you know, I've made some mistakes and I'm still here. Just like Rung was, I'm still here and I'm going to keep on going and push my career. And I am going to call out 
you know, Feliciano's 30 years old. He's got 17 fights in the books. William's 25. He's got 19 fights in the books. So although on the numbers they're roughly equivalent, I, I'm concerned when I see guys and they're like 30 years old having the same number of fights as somebody that's 25 years old because that means they've been held back. You know, they've been suppressed where they need to have more fights. And, you know, you're talking three years, you know, three fights rather per year that I would expect to see. So going off that, Feliciano's been in the game since 2017. So at this point, by now, I would expect him to have about 20 fights, right? And he and he's he's fell short. And I don't know that that's his fault. I'm saying that I would I wish I could have seen more than what we've seen given his age, where I think he just he's not been given enough opportunity to shine and refine the craft. So then Williams has been in the game even longer. Williams has been in the game. He's damn near 10 years in at this point but he's only 25. So then him having 19 at 25, I, yes, I think he should have more fights. I'm saying that it's a shame. He's got more fights than Feliciano when he's five years younger, both guys, I really think should have more fights than they do. But with Williams, it feels like they're trying to tiptoe in after the draws. And again, his, he seems like he just doesn't close the show all the time. And they're trying to get him, you know, kind of pushing. And the way you do that is, You've got to build his confidence if that's the issue. And I don't know if it is. I'm saying you got to build his confidence. You do that with enough fights. You got to keep him active. You got to keep him in that ring back to back. You know, again, three fights, four fights. Some of these guys in the old school, they fight four or five times a year. We got guys now, they're like twice a year. Now, yes, it's fair that in the old school, in many cases, we're talking PEDs. So I acknowledge this. I'm saying that there has to be an opportunity for these guys to be in the ring actively fighting more than they are. And it's kind of disheartening to see guys of this age and they're only fighting twice a year or whatever. That seems like it's the standard. Why? In some cases, it's because of the pay. You know, they're just not paid to make it worth the time and the investment. Because it's investment with the training camps and everything else. In some cases, it's availability. You know, other guys, they're not available to fight these guys to get them in there. You know, the opponents, right? But there's always somebody who's up and coming and will take a fight for a quick, you know, 2000 or whatever. I also think platform matters because with the demise of Showtime, rest in peace them with the demise of Showtime, the demise of HBO, I think it's going to be rough for a lot of fighters, but you do have some platforms still out there. You got the online avenues still out there and online is still a thing. It's not like we don't have boxing avenues. I would like to see some fighters, kind of break their allegiances more than it's happening. So in other words, what I'm saying is I don't want to see fighters just be a allied with DAZN, allied with PBC, allied with ESPN, just I'm a fighter. I'm a, and let's be honest, they're contractors. Essentially, they don't, they're not employed by these people. They're contractors. They sign a contract and they're paid to do work in the case of fights per year. So as a contractor, to me, if you're going to be an independent contractor and any fighter, this is to any and every fighter out there. If you're going to be a contractor out there, I think you need to own your brand. Yes, that's not, that's not easy, right? I'm not proposing that it is. I'm saying that it's necessary. And if I give Ryan Garcia one thing credit is that he's working to try to own his brand because prior to this, and even still now, Golden Boy kind of owned the brand, Canelo. Golden Boy owned the brand until Canelo broke out and owned his own brand. And now Canelo, he can basically go to wherever the hell he wants to get the fights that he wants. Again, I'm not suggesting it's easy. Canelo was already 50 plus fights in prior to him fighting Floyd Mayweather. And then it got to the point where Canelo became his own draw because he stepped up 
and fought guys like no doubt Trout when Trout was undefeated, like Eris Landy Lara when Lara was hot. You know, like you know the when you get to a point where you need to climb that ladder as you're an independent contractor. So I want to see that you're taking control of your brand. Again, not saying it's easy. I'm saying that I want to see more of that because I think if you if you were that kind of person where you're going to own the brand and more importantly, you're asking for more fights, even if they're not high paying fights. You're doing that because you got to build that up and build the name and get exposure at a worldwide level. Because remember, guys like a Canelo are worldwide known. Guys like a Pacquiao are worldwide known. You can't just be known in your hometowns or in the U.S. only or whatever in one place or you're just a U.K. fighter. You got to be known on a worldwide scale, which means sometimes you got to take suck fights just to get the name and the brand, build it up to where you can be that true independent contractor where you can demand, this is what I want. This is the pay I expect, and you're going to do that, and I'm not going to sign a long deal with you or whatever. The flip of that is it's harder, I think, for fighters now than it was before because even though we're getting rid of the networks, and the networks were a big reason why fights weren't getting made, you're now giving more power, you know, centralized power to the top ranks of the world, right, to the PBCs of the world, to the pro boxes of the world, where it's still these pockets. It just the pockets change shape, and if they can't pull the numbers, you're not going to get paid what you think they should get paid. So what have we gained? I don't think that we're in a better spot. I would like to see more fighters step up and own the brand. And I'll tell you this, some of that means you got to promote yourself and not rely on the promoter to be the one to push you over that level. You just kind of have to push yourself. And that means create a gimmick. And some people don't like that. They don't like, you know, like a Deontay Wilder body on the record, right? They don't like that or a big baby Miller. They don't like the gimmick, but the gimmick is what sells numbers. That's what gets asses in seats because that's what casual fans want to see. They want to see somebody who entertains them, not just a fighter who's stuttering in front of the camera. And I'm not saying that of any fighter I talked about here. I'm saying that what's lacking in boxing today are more gimmicks, especially at the lower level. Tiafimo Lopez, he's, his name is in the media because he has a gimmick. He talks the mess. Matias is starting to build his, and I'm I'm proud of him as a fan. He's starting to build his. He started to trash talk like crazy. Now you got Matias out here trash talking and, and promoting himself better than Crawford ever could. And Crawford, well, he's not now, but he was the undisputed champion, and he still can't sell out of a family dentist. So for any fighter that's out there listening, I'm not trashing you. I respect what you do when you get in there. I'm saying that it's a different era now where I think it's time to start taking power away and become your own brand, own the brand and build it up similar to what Ryan Garcia is doing. What are the other things that you're doing that you can sell and add fans, right? Look at Ebony Bridges, right? Ebony Bridges is a warrior in that ring, but she has a brand outside of the ring on the OnlyFans and the, the she has a brand. So it doesn't really matter then, <laughs> it, you know, she can get fights if she wants fights. Paige Van Zandt can do what she wants to do because she has a brand and she took it over and she ran with it. I think fighters in general, it, we're in a different world where you can't just rely on fighting. You kind of have to create a brand outside of it. So maybe, and here's some free suggestions. And anybody wants to dig in some more suggestions or some more ideas or wants some guidance on things like out, you know, marketing and business, please hit me up, you know, combattalkradio.net, hit the contact form. And I'll help best I can because I want to see fighters thrive, especially because it's a harder era now. And I know this. Maybe you get into restaurants, right? 
franchising. You can get into franchising. I'm not saying it's cheap. I'm saying you're thinking about long-term. You're thinking about generational wealth. You're thinking about having businesses outside of the boxing business that don't, they require time investment, but they don't require you work at eight to five, right? You can hire staff and have them manage. And then you need accounting and you need legal. You need all these people that are performing these functions, but ultimately you are the franchisee. You are the one running these businesses. Maybe you build up an apartment or purchase an apartment complex. And obviously that's expensive. I'm saying getting into these different business endeavors to get your name out there. Maybe you get into hotels, right? So that you're a hotel manager, or you get into casinos, or you get into something else that gets your brand out there, gets your name out there, get people knowing who you are outside of the ring. And then, oh, by the way, did you know I'm a fighter and my next fight's going to be in Vegas on that, and then just, just sells itself throwback, right? You're, you're adding to the brand and you're building yourself and your name and do more fighting, get more fights, get more active. I'm not saying any of this is easy. I'm saying it's necessary. If we want to get to the new world of boxing, that's all I got here for you today. I'll check back in probably next week. Thank you for listening.